This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and today I am joined by my fastest friend. No, really, Sarah Cummings is my guest today, and if you live in New York City, you know who Sarah is. She's the teeny tiny, super speedy, redheaded runner with fast feet and a super long braid that passes everyone in Central Park. She runs for the New York Athletic Club and just came back from an insane injury to run an Olympic qualifying time at the California International Marathon. Sarah's injury story is pretty insane. She was out running a 50K when her hamstring basically snapped off. She had to have emergency surgery and her road back to running was long and arduous, but ultimately very inspiring. What I love about Sarah is that she's a sub-elite runner. So she has race times that are basically good enough to get her to go pro. But instead of doing that, she works long hours in the finance industry and she loves it. Sarah's been known to do a 15-mile run commute to work before 5 a.m. with a track workout thrown in the mix. And then she runs home, too. So yeah, running a 234 marathon, which Sarah did in Chicago a few years ago, competing for the same running club as Meb Kofleski, graduating with top honors from Princeton. Uh, needless to say, Sarah is a hard worker, an overachiever, and then some. On this episode, she shares where that drive comes from, how she went from a figure skater to a competitive runner, and what it was like working billion-hour days at Goldman Sachs and running 100-mile weeks. A lot to talk about here. Let's hand it over to Sarah Cummings. Sarah Cummings, thank you for being here with me today. I'm super excited to chat with you. I am too. This is such an honor. Thank you so much. All right, let's start with our warm up. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Sarah Cummings. Um, I'm from New Jersey, I'd say, but I went to high school in California. So sometimes I, I borrow California when it's convenient. Um, and I uh, live in New York City. I've lived here since college. I work in finance um, and I love to run. So I spend a lot of time doing that as well. And you are fresh off a really exciting race. So let's get right into that. You just ran California International Marathon. I did. And How did it go? It was awesome. And I think it's all still sinking in. I um, unfortunately suffered a major hamstring injury uh, two years ago, but it was really um, 15 years of being pretty dumb with hamstring tendonitis that culminated in my hamstring tendon fully um, removing itself or fully <laughs> tearing off the bone um, during a ultra marathon. It was the U.S. Uh, or it was the world 50k championships I was running for team USA in Doha uh, Qatar and and unfortunately that required pretty um, urgent surgery surgical repair once I returned um, home so I now have six screws that are attaching my hamstring tendon back to my pelvis it's definitely screwed in tight there but um <laughs> you know the Surgery is a tough one in that it's, you know, restores normal functionality when it comes to walking and just being a, a human. But the running part is really not um, necessarily included in the deal. So um, for the past two years, I've gone through periods of wanting to, you know, push through it and, and continue to um, heal, but not knowing if that was really a possibility. And, and so, you know, I had grieved over the loss of running as you know a, both a social outlet and and a competitive one and then happened upon my fifth PT who I was introduced to by um, a doctor at HSS who refused to give me PRP I was kind of desperately looking for more solutions after the initial surgery and she's been such a miracle worker for me and it was really um, under her that I started to even let myself think or hope about uh, hope um, to run a race again and that was I guess I started with her in, in last May and then through the summer things started to pick up and then you know I was doing workouts and everyone was running ZIM and I was having so much fun in the process and just you know kind of still living my life and and not really you know going crazy with with the training and so I jumped in 
begged my way in in late September was when I kind of just decided I was going to do it and no idea what to expect was, was unsure if I was going to be able to finish let alone you know run a qualifier and that's an Olympic trials qualifier by the way yeah yep so yeah, just um, casual you're being very casual and humble here I would like to add that yes you ran an Olympic trials qualifying time I did, which... So you finished I, from yes, going did to, finish. didn't know if I'd be able to finish, to ran, yeah. what was your official uh, time? 2.41.23. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you know, I, I was smiling the whole way and I've never, you know, had so much fun in a marathon and I, unfortunately, I mean, maybe it took like having the experience I did to, to really appreciate it. I think it did. And I'm just so grateful to be out there and... I missed racing so much, but I missed all of the friends, you know, that I've made in this awesome network of of uh, the New York City you know, running community, and it was just the best to be out there and reunion too. And yeah, after after the surgery, I didn't think I'd run another qualifier ever. I wasn't even like dreaming about it because it was just too kind of. I just had to put it aside because it was sad to you know think about not being able to so yeah I, I, I still can't believe it two weeks more than two weeks later or almost two weeks and um yeah I'm, I'm still on cloud nine for sure yay so. you should be so like I said you ran an Olympic trials qualifier very exciting you're this badass runner you're very humble I feel like all the really badass runners are you were like the first really fast person that I I'm putting new in quotations because I didn't know you for a long time but when I used to run in Central Park in the morning I would see you with your long braid or your long hair and I was like what is this chick's deal like she's so fast you were out there so early every morning and then of course I like asked around or something I don't remember but I remember people being like oh yeah like that's Sarah Cummings like she works in finance she works these crazy I think you were at Goldman at the time yeah I was, working yeah. these crazy hours and running competitively so we have a lot to unpack I have a lot of questions for you uh, yes yeah okay <laughs> so let's go back to let's go back to the beginning you were not always a runner Am I correct that you were a figure skater? Yes, yeah, I was. Um, so at age five, I started skating and was very serious, very early on, competitive, you know, throughout elementary, middle school, high school, skating before school, after school. It was just skating all the time. And that was, you know, what I did. And I always, um, you know, competed in the mile in um, PE class and was like, the presidential physical fitness test was like obviously a big deal and the worst um, day of my life but yeah <laughs> it was like the best day of my life <laughs> I was like I need to stay homesick today we're different um, and so I would always beat all the boys and win the mile in PE class but I mean to until like fifth or sixth grade when they started to catch up but um it wasn't like a thing like running was not I don't know I didn't know anyone that ran um so your parents don't didn't run well they do now but that's the later part of the story okay um my dad does now I might they, they jogged but like they you know I wasn't yeah it wasn't a thing and so I skated uh very seriously um for many years and the running was such a such an, such an accident um my sister's school I was having a 5k fundraiser um this is when we lived in Newport Beach and um she'd done a little training program through the elementary school and was doing the 5k my dad signed up in the morning of um it was like weekend in, in October he was you challenged me he's like oh I'm sure I, you can't beat me and I was like well of course I can <laughs> so I so you've always been a little competitive yeah, so, I'm gathering <laughs> um so I jumped in the race and it was at Crystal Cove State Park just a place a, a um a state park along the Pacific Coast Highway in, in uh Newport Beach and I ran like 19 low yeah and, and so how old were you here I was a sophomore in high school Running a 19 yeah, and a 5K. Yeah, and Casual. I mean, obviously I couldn't walk the next day because like I'd never, you know, <laughs> run or trained. Um, but the high school coach was there and, you know, it was like a week or two later I was running at Mount Sac. So wait, did you win this fight? I was like second to the assistant coach at the high school. Um, <laughs> so then it was like two or three weeks later I was running at the California State Meet for Corona Del Mar High School. Which was, it, was, it was such, you know great luck to, to actually you know be in a city that had one of the best um, high school distance programs for for females um, in the country uh, we went on to win the four by mile 
um, and it's just so random, right? That you end up, that we ended up moving yeah. there. And um, yeah, so. So you run a 5K in 19 minutes and then all of a sudden you're like on the team running yeah, competitively, it was like it was all like in. one day you wake up and you decide to do something and then like your whole life is you know, different from there. And so I skated and ran for another year. But then when I started getting recruited, it was kind of, you know, clear that my time is better spent running and I loved it. It was, skating is so subjective and, um, you know, there's not a huge focus on academics and that community, and and it was tough. And I loved running for a team, running for my school, um, loved running. And and so yeah, cross country, track, and then Marissa, sister, uh, started running as well. I went to to Princeton um, where I ran all four years and had you know great great success there. And Marissa ran as well so we overlapped for one year at Princeton and that was you know just incredible we had, we loved it there and we loved being on the team and we had a great team there um that I was so lucky to be a part of so so yeah just you know still it's it's funny to think like that one day you wake up you do the 5k and and there was also like in the the next days or that followed that race I remember the coach coach Sumner who I actually just saw last week uh, back in California after CIM, but he was talking to my parents. He's like, yeah, she, if she comes to practice like tomorrow, like she can be on the team, but like, you know, you need to, to get, you know, get your shit together, like figure it out. What do you want to do? Buy a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like, you know, I, I didn't have a running outfit. I, I, I couldn't walk still from this 5k and, and then, and then I get to practice and they're like, we do this warm up thing. I'm like, wait, wait. So we run before the race? Like how? how? <laughs> And why? <laughs> and then we didn't even get to the after part. And I was like, well, that was that would just like blown my mind. But um, yeah, it was crazy. And and um, I'm just so grateful that running came into my life. And I think it was at a good time, too. And running in Newport Beach is, is so amazing. And when I um, came to Princeton, it was the first time I'd ever uh, had to run in anything but a long sleeve which was really <laughs> fruit awakening like shorts always and um so the snow was a little bit of an adjustment but the girls on the team were just so hardcore it was you know we just do this don't even think about it this is we're gonna run the blizzard whatever so I'm like all right we'll do that we, that's what we do <laughs> so did you like it right away like when you ran that 5k were you like oh this is fun or were you like I'd rather be doing triple axles kind of thing no, no, like skating. Wait, can you do a triple axel? I no, I could do a double, but That's not so triple. Awesome. Triple is only a few few females okay. have ever done in competition. But um, skating is really tough. It's like you feel like it's a job as a as a young child, and um, I mean, I did all of my homework in the car growing up. Um, I've not seen like any normal like movies from that '90s era. Because <laughs> I was like never home. We didn't watch TV. It was just. Um, it was great and our parents were so supportive of it and you know I think it was so good in so many ways building self-esteem performing you know solo and and all that but it's so hard in your body it's it's way harder than running on like the impact is just really tough and uh, on the ice like all the yeah, falling, falling on yeah. the ice and no thanks. Um, and yeah it's I loved how how I really felt like with running, um, the outcome was all in my hands and the team aspect of it too was was great. And and with skating too, it's like once you reach 18, if you've not like really made it, that's kind of it. You go to college and you, it's not something that, that you can do really at that level in college. Um, and I loved the, you know, the thought of running long-term and, and I hadn't really thought much about my life with skating in college, but then, you know, when it was, a way to also help um you know with that help get into a great school then it was it was pretty much a no-brainer so. so what brought your family you were born in New Jersey yes what brought your family to California um so when I was 13 my dad took a job in Got California and um I was there from eighth grade all the way through high school they were there for three more years uh they live back here now as they're from from here but um yeah it was so cool to I was gonna say that's school. a cool place to grow like, up. It was like the, the OC. Move. Yes. Did you watch the OC? Yes. Is that your life? <laughs> no. Basically, but, I mean that was one of the ta Laguna Beach is the next town <sighs> south. But um, yeah, I I still like when I reflect back on that time, it feels like kind of a vacation and just the palm trees and this outdoor lockers. Okay, you know what? We're sitting in a dark room <laughs> at 4.30 yeah. on a Friday yeah, in yeah. New York, so that's a little depressing to think but about right now. It, uh, was, it was a very easy transition <laughs> from rural New Jersey, I have to say. Yeah, really. But So then you came back to go to Princeton. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, your sister also went to Princeton. She did. So yeah. the age difference is three years? Yes. 
Okay. Was she, what's her running story? How did she start running? So she was the one that did that five. Right. Her school. So it was all her. The running was all her. And, and sometimes dad like get, tries to get in the story too. I was um, going to say he should take some credit. Yeah, he yeah, dared you to do it. He, he challenged he you. He did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, so she, yes, she kind of tapered off with skating around the same, you know, timing and she's still running um, for the New York Athletic Club as well. She ran CIM. She had a really great 20 miles and then a little bit of trouble at the end, but she'll she'll be back at it um, and she'll get her time. So, yeah, but but it's awesome to have you know her here and we're we live together in the city. So yeah, and you have very similar. Again. I mean, with running, skating, Princeton, obviously mm-hmm. a lot of yes. parallel uh, situations there. Are you ever competitive with each other? You know, you can be honest. I, I don't know like what she, I always, I, I check. We're going to get her on the show yeah, next. So, show <laughs> so I, I feel like our age gap is, is big enough that we've been able to, you know, be really supportive of each other and kind of go through things at different times. And, you know, I moved to the city and then, you know, some of the stupid mistakes I made, she was able to not make because I was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think um, we have a good kind of symbiotic relationship in that sense of just helping each other. And, you know, with running to being something where you can kind of reach your peak later, it's just as you go through kind of the experience and get stronger that that it's it's here in New York, too. I just feel like the environment's one in which everyone is is it's not competitive it's just it feels like you know you're doing it for different reasons now and um I want to see all my friends do their best and I feel like they you know um have the same you know share the same sentiments god I just want to get Marissa on and be like are you too competitive and she's gonna be like hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) your answer was so beautiful and she's gonna be like yeah I want to beat her I Um, hope she does (laughs) (laughs) all right so you go to Princeton you you run you do really well running for them yes I, I I mean I think I probably if I hadn't overtrained sometimes I could have done a little better but <laughs> um yeah it was really awesome um to be there and to have the opportunity to run there um such a great group of of girls and guys on the team at the time we're still very close we had great success at NCAAs in cross country two years where we were fifth and, and you then, won some, didn't you win some stuff? I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I, yes, I had some good luck on the 5K and 10K. I think my sophomore year was probably my best year. I was All-American in the 10K, so it was in, when the race was in Arkansas, which was crazy. It was all sorts of thunderstorms, and um, we always just got such a kick out of running at these, like, really, like, you know, big D1 programs. We were just like, oh, my God, like, what is this? But um, we had uh, great resources at Princeton, great coach, great place to train, and um, I got used to the snow. Welcome back. I think I, I lost it, you know, in the last week when I was in California in this cold weather. But yeah. So while you're at Princeton, what uh, what was your major? Economics. Okay. So while you were there, were you like, I'm going to run through college and you know, f- then focus on my career? Or kind of what is the the balance there of running and a career? Uh, yeah, I think everyone was. All the girls were just you know pretty much out of their minds, and everyone was you know studying at all hours of the night and running and pulling all-nighters and it was crazy and but there was a very high standard of academics on the team and so I didn't really know anyone that had done a fifth year or had you know run gone on to run professionally so I wasn't ever really thinking about that I think it, it, after you know the some of the people that were in my same class in the years to follow did go on to do fifth years and um so that was kind of a new concept where you know in the Ivy League you have to uh you can only run for four years so if you were like redshirting then you could go on to like an Oregon or a Tennessee or a Texas and some people did that and that was kind of helping them to 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 transition maybe into a professional running career a little bit more or just have a different experience where the academics weren't as challenging. Um, but I'd kind of, you know, always been used to firing on so many cylinders that I liked, I think if I had more time, well, I probably should have used to sleep, but I <laughs> likely wouldn't have and just, you know, been running more. And and um, I've definitely, though, since then gone through periods where I thought, you know, I wanted to, to give the running thing a try full time. But I really need other passions, you know, to to be there 
uh, alongside the running, I think, to make me a better runner and that it's good to kind of have boundaries and just to motivate myself in other ways, whether it's to work or just, you know, other kind of things that I enjoy. So I had trained with the New York Athletic Club team when I was a summer intern at Goldman my, between my junior and senior years. And that was kind of what was more familiar to me, like this um, post-collegiate like New York running scene because a few teammates, Riley Kiernan um, had, and the, the Mullen twins, Katha and Caroline Mullen, who um, are, aren't as active running anymore, but they, they'd they gone to Princeton and, and gone on to run for the New York Athletic Club. So that was super cool to, you know, do that when I was an intern, join with long runs, get dropped. I was like, oh my God, this <laughs> like, I'd really only done runs up to like 13 or 14 miles and my mileage wasn't super high. So that was really what I had my sights set on. I, I wanted to work and like I'm not, I did never seriously consider uh, running professionally, but I, I don't know like if that would have been kind of supported. <laughs> it probably, it, it, yeah, it wasn't the ideal scenario for what you know my family had in mind after you know a pr- Princeton degree. So, yeah. which is fine because I'm I'm so glad. I mean, especially with the, the hamstring surgery and and knowing you know how you could put so much into running and you know it doesn't owe you anything. And I think there, I was. I heard someone say that recently and I think it's so true like um, I'm so grateful for every run now and I think if I had just hung my hat on running and um, hadn't been able to develop the career and the relationships um, that I have that it would, would have been so much harder to kind of separate that from my identity during that time. So. so I'm always super curious because this is a lifestyle that's so foreign to me like I I'm very much a record, like I'm as recreational as they come. Like I, running is very much a hobby for me. It's fun. I am sometimes not even competitive with myself. Uh, It's just something I do because it's fun. But you're on a totally different level. And I'm always curious about, you know, for someone who is sub elite, the right term. Yes, definitely. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for a sub elite runner, for someone like you, who's working full time at a demanding job too, it's not like you're phoning in a nine to five you're, I mean, for a long time, you were doing like long runs, morning and night run yes. commuting. Yeah, I was, which it like, there's definitely some thrill in like the craziness of it all. There was a time when I was, you know, or, or a number of years prior to the surgery, which was in November of 2016, where I was running 100 mile weeks and um, I was on a trading um, floor at Goldman. So in before seven and then a lot of entertaining at night, which was tough but um so I knew you know the morning I had to pretty much count on like I couldn't really count on the night um as being not that I was working late but if I was going out to dinner and then you know drinking I wasn't running after that (laughs) but yeah there used to be this like crazy kind of scenario that I would do and and I would sometimes meet Ali Kiefer and some of Alex Katakamo some of the other girls at the east side track and we'd um, Alex worked at Goldman at the time. This was probably the craziest thing we used to do. We'd, you know, leave the Upper West Side. I don't even know what time, before 5, 4.45 or something. We'd we'd warm up, um, you know, zigzagging through Midtown. At 37th Street, we'd get on that east side path and run to the Lower East Side track, do, like, a super long workout, probably, you know, like, 4-mile, 3-mile, 2-mile, 1-mile, something like that, or, you know, 5-by-2-mile uh, oh. on that track, like, kind of in the dark. And then we'd keep running, um, to Goldman from there and then we'd have had our stuff uh, stored like probably in, in the locker room but the, there weren't like permanent lockers so it was just some crazy scenario where we'd have left the stuff there the night before and then we'd like shower and get hope for the desks. best <laughs> like those days I would come in a little late but it was really probably by like 745 or 8 that we were had done like maybe sometimes like 20 miles I don't know oh my god we, it was just nuts and, and obviously you're not recovering well if you're you know then plopping down at a desk but now I, um, my schedule is different. Um, I don't, I'm not in as early and, um, I'm also not running as much mileage, which is kind of an experiment that, um, you know, I tried for this race and, um, I'm now coached by Brendan Martin, who's on the New York athletic club team. Um, and he's coaching a bunch of girls now. He's awesome. And yeah, we tried kind of something different, taking days off. Um, cause my leg just like couldn't, couldn't handle, I just needed more recovery time and, so far, that's working. So maybe I didn't even need to do all that craziness <laughs> all the time. Who knows? Well, but it's kind of cool to reflect back on. Like, is. that's pretty it's badass nuts. if we're being yeah. honest. And then, like, the run commutes, too, would, would do a good way to kind of get in 12 or to 14 miles a day. It would just be to run down the West Side Highway 
to work and then back. Now I work in Midtown, so I don't run commute and I run in the park more. But yeah, it's funny. And a lot of people are doing, you know, different scenarios like that. And it's just, it's, it's makes the whole, I think it makes running in New York so fulfilling too, because everyone has their own schedule. It's crazy. And it's just like, I, I find that, you know, the comparison game can be really tough, like especially in college when everyone has the same variables. There are no variables. It's like everyone's doing the same thing. You're like uh, – and and you have a tendency to kind of base your performance off of like someone else versus kind of just, you know, digging inside. And I think here you're just like, oh, my God, everyone has such a cra- – so much craziness going on. You don't know what their day is like. You know, they're traveling, they're consultants, they're up early, they're late, they're running at lunch. It's just – I think it's it's – everyone can just, you know, be focused on being the best version of themselves. And, and you can't compare it yourself to anyone because you can't fall into that trap really because everyone is doing craziness. So, yeah, I, I like that. I think it's crazy that you could find multiple people to run with you at that time, <laughs> 20 miles on a track. Yeah, I know, I know. I that know. doesn't really sound like a group activity yeah, to me. Really so to sleep here, so it's just, yeah. It's a good place to do it. So <laughs> that's really cool. So as a sub-elite runner, this lifestyle that you're living, what is the dream or the goal? Is it like, I mean, you said you like having a job that's fulfilling and the running. So do you have sponsors? Like when you do races like CIM, do you have people supporting you or is this just like an out of pocket thing that you're also really competitive at? Yeah. So I think, um, because I haven't been active these past two years, like my first race, my first New York Rodeo race since Club Champs in 2016 was so July of 2016. Then the next one wasn't until uh, the Bronx 10 Mile in 2018. So it was a very long time, and and that was New York Rodeo. And um, so I not being not running, I um, you know wasn't pursuing sponsors. Right. But most of the stuff I think at the sub elite level will be in kind, whether it's like a shoe sponsor, gear, um, like compression socks so you get stuff but no one's paying for your flights or your uh, so there's often a travel budget at the New York Athletic whether it's a shoe sponsor like I was with Brooks for a time in Skechers and there was always some travel money and then New York Athletic Club is phenomenal with that you know we um, have a great team and um, running races in the park uh, supports the club at a local level and then um, in return uh, we have great support to run, you know, our A races to travel to those wearing the New York Athletic Club uniform. So, um, yeah, I have it's it, the support is great, but also like this is my hobby. So if it was out of pocket, I mean, it's just like this is what I want to be spending my money on anyway. But um, right now, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of um, support still, um, which I. I'm so surprised by like I was able to get my way to CIM from times from like 2014 which is I'm just so grateful for because I felt like you know if I had to beg that I probably would just like oh this isn't meant to be like all I was like see trying to see all the signs like if this was right (laughs) you know like okay if Danielle the CIM race director says no then I'd be like okay you know it's just it probably would be pushing it too much or if you know um and I like the the day that we left for the race was the two-year anniversary of my surgery it's like okay this is like I don't know there's like some symbolism oh I believe in that too I absolutely do but yeah um the support is really great um and I think you know you can a lot of it is just like putting yourself out there asking you know these brands that are up and coming but there's also in return you know a obligation to do a lot for them on social media which I totally understand it's just right now that's not really how I want to be spending my time like during the day I I can't really be on my phone so you're like um, on the trading floor posting on Instagram that's is (laughs) that frowned upon I mean yeah (laughs) um so I'm not you know actively pursuing but also like I I don't really have the resume right now because times are usually looked at as kind of dead after a year. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so sad. So, well, they'll come back. I mean, I, I well, think it's we'll very see. clear that they're coming back. So yeah. to just look at your time. So you're now, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that you hadn't done more than like 13, 14 miles when you came to New York. Now the marathon's your jam. Right. I love it. Yeah. And I've done a few 50Ks too. I mean, the 50K was where... Um, my hamstring your leg snapped off, off but yep. um I uh that race was crazy it was um uh you know right by the Olympic Stadium in Doha or where the World Cup Stadium is being built in Doha and it was uh 22 and a half k loops on cobblestones and it start 80 degrees like 90 percent humidity started at 5 p.m and 
Um, I don't know. Just everything about it was nuts. But I really want to get back, you know, to to that you know, world championship race or another 50k to kind of um, to kind of you know get get revenge. Because even though even though like it was so painful, it was so fun. And I love racing in Qatar and just being there in general was such a cool experience. And I'm so grateful for all the experiences I've had from running, you know, the travel and everything. Um, and then I did, um, I did a 50K, I did the North Face 50K on the one-year anniversary of my surgery, which I just ran, like, I, I shouldn't have done it because I was not in a good healed condition, and I, oh my god, trail running is, like, the hardest thing. I, I have so much respect for trail runners, and um, a great friend and former teammate who's a master trail runner named Claire Gallagher, who you should totally have on the show. She's so cool. She um, won um, Leadville and the ccc in um chamonix but but anyway it's i like i think i had the scars on my legs from falling in that race four times like superman on the rocks just i can't the trails I so that's it. worse than falling on the ice oh, as a figure well, skater there's not blood and like i kept reopening the same like oh. wounds um but the north face 50k was not like so hard but it was so cool it's such a beautiful day in san francisco so i've done 250ks um i don't see myself like going farther than that um because i really would love to get my times back down in the marathon and um you know see, see what i can do there but i do love the distance yeah it was just you know the second half of cim I couldn't believe what was happening it's like this is so awesome like I'm feeling better by the mile what Yay. is going on but yeah and what is your current marathon PR so I ran 234 47 in Chicago um 2014 though okay uh-huh. so to just look at that number which is obviously amazing you know that's a time that pro runners are running so if we're just looking at the times and we say okay you have the you know the numbers that you could go pro right if Brooks came to you or some sponsor came to you and they were like, hey, we want to support you to be a professional runner, what would you do? So I think if that happened, I would um, – I love my job and um, it's it's something that I'm, you know, re- really passionate about and I love the people that I work with and um, I have great support to pursue my running goals. My um, The managing director um, in my group is – an avid runner and she really understands you know what I do and I see her in the park in the morning which is so cool I always tell my friends there's my boss um (laughs) but I think you know I that would be tough like I maybe I would pursue a leave of absence but I don't know I um I don't know if I could just run I'm I think I've taken like three naps in my life and apparently you have to (laughs) since like age five that's like a big part of it you have to take naps um (laughs) So, I don't know. Not wired uh, that way. I don't think I could. It's that time. Time for a word from our sponsor, Aftershocks. Have you bought a pair of Aftershocks wireless headphones yet? You haven't? Okay, I'm really not sure what you're waiting for at this point, because if you like running, commuting, or walking your dog with music or podcasts, these are the headphones you need to have. If you're still running with headphones that need to be plugged into your phone or that in any way bother you on the run... Let me welcome you to almost 2019. Wireless is where it's at, and I never realized this until I made the move myself. I feel so much more free and untethered when I wear my Aftershocks Trex Air headphones. I can swing my arms without worrying about sending my headphones or my phone flying. Plus, they're comfortable, they're so lightweight, and they just rest right on top of your ears, which is so much better than shoving an earbud in your ears. Plus, I no longer have to waste five minutes before every single run untangling my headphones. Instead, I just pop my aftershocks on and I'm out the door. Ready to make your move? Yes. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com for $50 off Trex Air and Trex Titanium Endurance Bundles. Now let's get back to the show. So the whole like competitive aspect of what you do I mean you have a very high achieving lifestyle from the very beginning figure skating is not for the faint of heart and then obviously running Princeton Goldman Sachs like you're clearly no slouch is that something is that an inherent thing or is that something that your parents instilled in you where did that come from um I think that 
it's a mix of the parents, but then they, they're probably like, oh my God, she's crazy now. <laughs> um, so inherent as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I like to have a lot of things going on. I think I'm, you know, since I, you know, I've been running again and trying to, to be a little more balanced and not, you know, be always like pushing the edge, of, not pushing the edge of the envelope, but always be kind of, you know, Burning the candle at both ends, that's the one. Now um, that I'm a few years, more than a few years out of school and feeling a little more settled, it's, it's, I can kind of, you know, get into a groove and, and be grateful for the, the harder work behind me that, you know, can allow me to, to enjoy things, take things a little more slowly now. But, but yeah, there's like a crazy energizer bunny. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. So I want to go back to the injury a little bit, because obviously that's been such a huge part of the last couple of years yeah. of your life. So when you were running that 50K, were you in like peak physical shape at the time? Um, no. So I was definitely deteriorating and had kind of some symptoms of like extreme overtraining that were kind of strange. Like the red the writing was on the wall and I'd had so many hamstring tears like what people say is like when they tear their hamstring is like not but it's like that's like you know tear but it's not really tear like I guess you could use it in different ways but like where it gets black and blue like in the belly of the hamstring you're like oh something's wrong like that happened a lot in in all that happened a lot so the the hamstring was an ice skating injury so I started running with the problem and I probably could have, you know, taken a year off in college and tried to fix it, but I, I didn't want to. And I, you know, I, I think I just felt like I was, I kind of knew things were going to, you know, unravel at some point. <laughs> Literally but, come to a breaking point. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about that it was really possible to like tear your hamstring off the bone. And <laughs> so I didn't. Weird that that doesn't that. come up more. Yeah. Um, it's not a running injury, as I learned. Um, it's usually like an old person like or not an old person but steps on a puddle and like you're forced into the splits like that's how it usually happens to like the average person and then your hamstrings look that's what I did really yeah but not to your extent I was backstage at a dance competition and was like I forgot to stretch let me jump into a split real quick and it went like it was like move do not yeah. yeah it was like a loud pop and I had to go on stage right yeah. after, and it still never healed because yeah. I didn't go to... Right, because then there's like all sorts of stuff. Yeah, issues. like my left side, I still can't do anything. And so that's why I get, when I run a lot, I get um, bursitis in my right hip so because I of the imbalance. So I have terrible hip, hip bursitis as well. Yeah. And that's, so I... It, I should not compare my split no, 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 to no, your no. I mean, leg literally falling off. Everyone has their but own yeah. thing, but, <laughs> but you know post-surgery the hamstring is very much you know screwed on there literally um it's just like kind of it was every other part of my leg like literally my toe all the way to the hip first I just said needed to kind of relearn how to work in its new sewed on position that it was you know different than what I was born with but um yeah the hamstring was an injury that I just didn't address for so many years and it was getting worse and worse and so it it was like going into that race in Qatar I had a lidocaine patch on my hip and then Voltaren on my hamstring and then I was taking uh Tylenol during the race it was bad um and were you like I'm just gonna hope this at home (laughs) yeah Siri or in Qatar so were you like I'm in Qatar (laughs) you just hoped for the best like hopefully I'll Um, get through this race and then I'll deal with it kind of thing or I didn't have I didn't have a plan you were like too far gone at that point you're like this Um, is just my leg now yeah like a lot of falling off like some of the doctors and you know other people that were trying to make me feel better after were like oh this is gonna happen you know it could have happened like when you were training for something else like you know it was gonna it was gonna happen so yeah it I go, looking back like I don't know if I would have done things differently no, uh, we yeah, never would yeah I but like I you know it was a once it was far enough gone like there are three t- hamstring tendons that you know connect to your pelvis and once they're like starting to fray if if um, the, the surgeons don't operate when they're, they're partially torn. It's really just um, when they're fully. When your leg is dangling right. behind and you, and then um, like you can't like I could you can't send like the singles to your foot to like lift it up. So it happened during the race. I think around 12k, um, unclear. And then by the end, it was I was like tripping over my own foot. So you got to the end. I did finish. Jesus. Because so going back, I um, fortunately the other time that I was on a, a U.S. team, was for the Pan Am Games in 2015. I was on the marathon team there. And really, a uh, terrible time again, but I had a tibia fracture right before that. 
um, just like the two big injuries that I've had have been before things when I had like my best you know race opportunities for to run for the the U.S. which is just like the <laughs> coolest thing ever and so the Pan Am Games I dropped out at 18 with the the fracture um I just yeah my my coach pulled me off and just wasn't yeah it didn't make sense but that but that killed me like and and when I was racing in Doha um I just couldn't do it again and I think I knew I was in such a bad place I was for sure gonna have to take a lot of time off so I could just keep moving um but once I stopped it was like for sure no more Um, how was that plane ride home oh it was not good (laughs) especially because I was sitting next to this little kid who was sleeping and he kicked he kept kicking (gasps) me on that leg and at the time I didn't know what was wrong but I knew something was really wrong because it was like all black like more than (laughs) it had ever been on the back so by the end of the flight and it's like a 14-hour flight and a lot of people lay over when they're like coming from India so it was just like totally packed and um everyone was really like restless like my flight was way shorter than most of the people uh but this little kid I was like holding his leg (laughs) by the end I'm like oh my god this kid better not kick me again but uh I got home and I was really lucky to to um get uh on the operating table pretty quickly because so there was no question no there was no like should I have the surgery like like, you needed it I never would have elected to do this ever like I you know avoided getting an MRI for so long because I knew it was going to be bad news and so um Heidi Hollinger who's um on the New York Athletic Club team is an orthopedic surgeon a spinal orthopedic surgeon she has all these amazing connections and was able to get me with great doctors at HSS like skipped through a lot of you know waiting time and and was getting if you don't reattach the hamstring it it falls down your leg so you and you lose like potential flexibility or just mobility so they want to get it back up as soon as possible so lucky to to get um that operation done and then um it's just really crazy so what I learned after the the that surgery is I thought I think it was of the mindset it was kind of be like ACL where you see those people they're on the couch they're moving like right away um because the ACL is ligament and the hamstring is tendon and with tendons, you totally immobilize them. So for six weeks, I was in this like bull leg cast that wrapped around my um, wrapped around my waist, and then it locked my leg fully straight all the way down to my ankle. So you can't put something on like that by yourself. So luckily, my parents took me back in, and um, so you had to take a leave from work. Yes, and I could, and the the brace prevented um, any hip flexion. So. You can't actually sit, which is, like, really weird. So you're either laying down, like, eating every meal, laying down, just, like, doing everything, laying, or standing. But you can only stand on your leg for so long. So, yeah, that was really rough. I, so even, like, when I think back to the CM race and I ran, I was like, wow, I remember when I was, like, walked again for the first time. And, and like, a full body cast yes, is what I'm picturing. Yeah, it was kind of like that. And so, yeah, it, it just felt, like, very dramatic, too, because it's just, like... I, well, it is pretty dramatic. Yeah, but, like... In, like unnecessary drama because it's just it's like I did this to myself and now I'm causing like my family all these problems and I can't go to work and I'm hurting my career and and it's so dumb like I can never let this happen again and and maybe I shouldn't you know try to run again because like I surely cannot end up in the situation again because you only get one chance to be out of work for like six weeks and be working from home so um I'm I was really lucky to have so many people taking care of me and and um, helping me but so how long good. were you how long did you end up taking off running? When were you able to run again? Um, like really slow few minutes after four months. Wow. All right. Yeah. So physically, obviously coming back from an injury sucks. We yeah. all know that. Talk to me about how you handled it emotionally. Yeah. It was it was really hard. I think like what part got me through the early days of the surgery thinking and being told like oh like your hamstring's gonna be better than ever it's never gonna hurt again um you're gonna be able to like run faster than you ever could before and then like I don't know if if that if the, it kind of had to tell myself that to to be motivated to do all the PT and just to believe you know because it's just that helps the healing process too just those positive the positive energy but you know after I started running in that summer of 2017 it's quickly apparent that like this is you know, reattaching the hamstring doesn't fix, like, all the problems that, you know, that was the symptom, not the cause of, you know, the issues. So uh, that the road was going to be much longer and if I even wanted to. And then I, you know, would go through these phases where I was like, I, I don't even want to. Like, I don't care. Like, you know, I I traveled so much, which was so fun. Um, I'd never really, you know, seen a lot of places and I got the opportunity to travel for work and for personal and 
that was so cool to just, you know, for a while it was like, okay, I'm not on a training schedule. This is awesome. There's so much freedom. Like, I can do whatever I want to do. But slowly uh, realized that I wanted to, like, still feel that freedom, but um, be running, which I, I think I did. And that was a good test for myself, you know, going back to CIM. But really what I missed so much was uh, seeing all my friends in the morning. Like, who gets to see, like, five or six friends before they go to work? Like, no one else in, like, any other, you know um, – sport really or or hobby and the missing that's what I miss the most I didn't miss the actual act of running because it was had been so painful for so long and it was still painful I was like oh got it like whatever if this is gonna hurt I don't want to do it but I miss the people so I would you know hobble through runs just to like see people and just be slow and I couldn't really you know move that fast but just miss being out there um, you should have gotten a jogging stroller and had them push you in I it. should have. You're I, small. Oh, my God. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Make your sister push you around. It would have been great. Been like, no way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, out of out of everything, like, you know, the, the running community in New York is so, so awesome. And I have so many, you know, friends, new friends from running here and, and meeting, you know, friends. I think I made three new friends, like, just in this training cycle and people that, you know, live in New York that you just don't always, you know, cross paths with. But now do so, that was so hard. But I think I, like, grieved the loss of it, you know, and and didn't want to hope anymore because it was just, like, too painful. And feel okay, just going to move on, and it's not going to be part of my life. And, you know, see that that I was okay without it. But, you know, starting to feel better again last spring, I was like, oh, my God, like, if I can race, if I can train, I have to, right? Like, if you can, you have to. And I think you know, I would have been hesitant to just jump into a marathon and afraid, like, oh, what, you know, what are people going to think? Like, I'm running so much slower than I did before. Like, should I just not even bother? But it's like, you know, I don't care. Like, I, I can do this. This is so awesome. It doesn't hurt anymore. Um, I don't know if it's going to last. Like, maybe, you know, I'll have big step back in, in how I feel and how my leg is working. But Right now, it's good, and in each day, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm, I'm actually doing this. I'm training for the marathon, um, and this feels crazy, but it is crazy, but it's not. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, I, I've gone through so many, like, ups and downs with it, and I think it was great to kind of, real, like, separate it from my identity, and, and I thought it was, and, 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 and you know, never really – you never really fully separated until you – for sure have to when it's totally you know ripped out and so I think um that was good to go through just to, to you know live without running and then be like you know like you know I want it back so um when I was able to it was so exciting and these past few months training for CM were just so fun so many people in New York were doing the race and also friends that I've met from um many um you know years of running on the sub elite scene it was just this awesome reunion and just the most perfect day out there so yeah so now you have your otq I do, yeah. so will you run the trials yes Yay. Um, you know, assuming i'm healthy um, you will be but i'm super excited to to go to atlanta jay holder who you know works for atlanta track club was a uh, is a great friend and he was you know very involved with the running scene here and um, designed the course. And so I was like, oh, I just think even getting, you know, back for Jay. And then also, Allie, I have to say that um, when you first talked to me about um, returning, or not returning, but to joining your show, I was like, oh, my God, like, uh, I wish I had a good story to tell. And it was just like. I well, because this was like, like a year ago. A year ago. I know, I know. But like, it, it's been in the back of my mind. And like, just when you asked me before seeing I was like, I don't know. Like, I just, I don't know how it's going to turn out. But just, it was so motivating to think about that too. Like, there's so many things, you know, that go into it that you're thinking about, you know, on race day. And yeah, I like wanted to be, have a good story. And, and, <laughs> and here yeah, we are. So here we With are. such a good story. Yeah, so. Yay. It's so exciting. I love it so much and have obviously like for the past year just been, you know, year and then some just been rooting for you and excited for this comeback. So when you compete at something like the trials, what is that like for you? Are you there and you're like, maybe I will, like maybe I will be a top three and get on the Olympic team. Or is it like the goal was to get the qualifying, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Like I think I do, you know, hear 
people describe their experiences lining up next to a Shalane and or a Desi and just like oh my god so awesome I agree it's it's such an honor to be there with them but when I started running it just felt like so much more relaxed than ice skating like the nerves so like being on a starting line I feel nervous but like relative to like all growing up it it just it it's not like it's it's um it just feels so much more relaxed so kind of going going into a race like that although you know I'm surrounded by so many superstars it just it's like a different vibe and and also having joined such a phenomenal team um in high school I was never winning anything ever um and so it was always kind of just running for time running for like do your best that day so I think I still kind of have that mindset when I run big races and so it's like you're competing against yourself and trying to you know do your best that day and so I think that leads to the best outcome versus for me at least versus thinking like oh maybe I can be a contender here um especially in the marathon where like the race is not it's not really a race it's like a race but you know (laughs) not really for me and and at the end you can you know try to catch people but you know coming into running the way I did as just kind of a if I was always going to be second then I was just going to try to you know (laughs) run my best time so I still you know take that approach in, in races and that's kind of my my mindset from from the gun so and is there any pressure on you from New York Athletic Club and I mean that in a positive way um you know for people who aren't maybe familiar with the New York running scene New York Athletic Club is like the top I mean I don't know is it the top women's team it's very it's like the elite level very yeah. competitive you know you can't just like sign up and run for NIAC right, like I'm not right. I'm not running with them anytime soon uh, yes so we did again uh this year win the New York Roadrunner circuit the championships but um there are so many other you know great teams the dashing up at Central Park Track Club and we all trained together and it was like a very close competition um so I think there's both pressure you know to to perform well in the local scene and and to compete in the New York Roadrunner races but also I think like the everyone has you know everyone sets their own goals and that pushes all of us so it's a really great environment everyone's super supportive both you know within the New York Athletic Club and then outside of it Central Park Track Club and and the Dashing Whippets and like I said before we train together and and I think you know seeing the locals uh, qualify kind of just continue to set the bar and like you know if you're you're running a 245 and you see people running 235 like well like what your 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 perception of what you can do and what's realistic just changes and you know Roberta Groner's uh a more recent joiner to the team and she's running in the 230s and you know super fast at her age it's just like you don't overthink your limits you know or what you don't think you have limits you know when you when you see someone doing that and it's just like just get it done you know and and so I think there's pressure or in in that sense to just keep the level high and you know everyone wants to hold their own on the team so I think it's great and to put in some kind of perspective, uh, you mentioned Roberta Groner. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're a member of NIAC, yes. Allie Kiefer, uh, Meb Kaflesky. Yeah. You know, we'll just name drop that as well, that just some casual teammates. Yeah. So yeah. very cool. Looking back, what advice do you have for people dealing with injury? Oh, man. Um, you know, like when, when I, I look back now and it was two years and I think – for so much of it, I was just feeling like every day was so long and there was no, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And, and you know, something that I said at the end or uh, in an in Instagram post after CM was that I was grateful for the people that kept believing me in me, especially when I didn't. And I did. I gave up hope for a while. And, and that's such a drag and, you know, not doing any good. So I think I would just say to never stop believing because miracles happen. <laughs> but to be patient too in in some ways I think when I kind of although I when I backed off a little bit and was just like I'm gonna you know easy run and let myself come around and then you know I didn't think I would ever want to do workouts again but really it was just that I was still working through the healing process and that spark was reignited and I didn't I you know I didn't want to just like sit on the couch but I you know feared if I stepped off the gas a little so 
just kind of um, trusting yourself a little more, even when it feels like you can't because your body failed you. I love that. <laughs> this is still advice to myself. Yeah, right? It's like the things that we're secretly yeah. saying to ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned that you're no longer doing the 100-mile weeks, mm-hmm. that you're right. taking days off. So yeah. leading up to CIM, um, what was your weekly mileage, and how often do you take a day off? So... It, like when I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, that is so low. Um, but I kind of just didn't look at it. I was just very much, you know, Brendan had structured a great training plan. Um, I begged him to take me on with like 10 weeks to go. It was just crazy. But taking about one day off every week and, and maybe not one full day off, like cross training on the elliptical. I did a lot of elliptical while I was, you know, building back. But also just like days like fully off or days where you just went through 10 minutes of dynamic stretching and some walks like walking to or from work or something like that so I was really never above 60 did a lot of quality like I was you know getting in um a number of 20 to 21 like 24-ish mile run or 23 but then just skipping out on the doubles and the junk mileage and really focusing on the workouts and it's kind of I kept saying in a lot of ways is back to basics because actually skipped over this on the the early part but telling about the early years when I first started running I only for about my first like through junior year I would only go to practice two days a week and it was just the workout days so I only did workouts which now I'm like oh my god that sounds so (laughs) horrible but um and I didn't run the other days I would skate the other days so really like you know with this training cycle it was just focus on the workouts, like skip the eight mile, like shake out or, you know, easy run and, and, um, just trust that the, the quality sessions would get the job done. And granted, I do have so many years of 80 to a hundred mile weeks. So I'm sure that was, I was able to fall back on that, but even after the two years away. So that was kind of, you know, in, in my, in my, um, you know, the, in the bank but yeah I think just seeing that I could do it on lower mileage was was super cool because it, it's it's fun to you know go out after work and you know not feel like, like a whole new world double yeah and um yeah take, take a whole new world off. of still running 60 mile weeks which you know right, for the right. average runner is still quite like a bit but nothing it's like vacation know? for you yeah, yeah so so yeah and just doing you know a lot of travel during the training cycle and also some like in the summer and before before I started training I with three other friends my sister and then um, two others um, Amanda Marino who qualified for the trials in Chicago and Liz Gill who's a runner out of San Francisco for the Impalas we did the Tour de Mont Blanc so we um, ran hiked fast packed and you know that's not really a conventional way to spend a, a pre-marathon build but it was just no it looked time, amazing I was never even considering running a race let alone a marathon but you know like Amanda rolled right into the right into the Chicago training off of that ran sub 240 and so just kind of keeping that in mind too as I was going through it's like you know what you're gonna have some snow you're gonna have four weddings you're gonna you know whatever and just yeah it's like all enjoying the process it's life and, right yeah so it was really good to kind of do it on different terms my own terms this time and I still I still can't really believe it I can believe it are you ready to sprint to the finish I hope so is that your strength what's your strength in a a race no how's your kick no it's not great especially now that is like I because I really you know haven't done anything faster than marathon pace (laughs) not even half marathon pace it just jumped right into marathon pace there was no time to attempt or risk anything oh but your marathon pace I would love to run for 30 seconds at your marathon pace would be just so exciting you could someday someday all right let's sprint to the finish okay what would your last meal on earth be not really a meal dessert i think sprinkles cupcakes or just the buttercream frosting oh love that favorite post-run snacker meal i love post-marathon i had like a burger with sweet potato fries how about that yeah, yeah. that's a really good one that was what i had after cim it was amazing and wine we did <laughs> we did wine tasting in st helena right after I so it was awesome great oh, Highly so jealous Okay, you mentioned you didn't see a lot of movies growing up, but do you have a favorite movie? I do, uh, Legally Blunt. Oh, good one. one of the few movies I will watch. I don't really watch movies or anything, books or anything over again, but Legally Blunt for sure. That's a great one. Did you see I, Tanya? Yes, I thought it was great. Did that feel like your life? No, um, <laughs> but it was very well done. Thank God that didn't yes, feel like your life. The movie not. was crazy. It was, but uh, yeah, it was, it was and great. it's real. Yeah, oh. yeah. Do you know her? Didn't know if you ran in the same circles at no, any point. No, some of the other like people that were later. But she do you was, know Michelle Kwan? 
Um, she trained at the same <sighs> rink we did in LA. She wouldn't <sighs> know me, but um, you know, yeah. Maybe she would. No. Maybe she follows you on Instagram. No. You don't know. She might. No. She. I would know if she did. <laughs> she definitely doesn't. I follow her. She should. <laughs> Favorite TV show? I loved Gossip Girl. I don't really watch TV anymore. Who's your favorite runner? Meb. Yeah. Especially because he's, you know, New York AC and then Skechers, who I was sponsored by for a bit. So, yeah. So you're the same? Oh, my God. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. If you could yeah. run with anyone, who would it be? I'd love to go for a run with Joni. Favorite race? Boston. Yeah, Boston. Favorite running season? I love the spring. Saturday long run or Sunday long run? Saturday, so we can go out Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what one thing can't you run without? My Garmin. Now, unfortunately, I'm addicted. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you have your first kiss? High school, like quad. Yeah, nothing <laughs> exciting. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Go on a safari. Favorite race distance? Marathon. Uh, what celebrity would you love to be stuck in an elevator with? Ryan Gosling. You're starting a super badass all-women's running club. Mm-hmm. Pick your five founding members. Uh, my sister, for sure. That's so um, nice. Ashley Higginson, who is a um, teammate in college. I would have Des. That's three, right? Yeah. Uh, who else? Roberta. She's, you know, awesome. This is hard. Uh, I know. And Joni. We can bring Joni again. Badass yeah. club. We'll have you all on the podcast mm-hmm. together. It'll be an honor. It's okay. a mix of, you know, all different I love it. of life teams and, you know. It'll be good for recruiting. New, yes. <laughs> okay. I need you to tell me three things that you love about yourself. Um, so I, I guess this one is, I have to say my legs because now, you know, before I went through periods of time where I really hated them because my, one in particular, but <laughs> legs. Sinking into um, itself. My energy, um, and my optimism. I love all of those. Your work ethic, uh, your hair. Oh. All right. Last thing I need from you. Give everyone listening a reason to run today. Because you can. <laughs> Yay. Always the yeah. best answer. Sarah, yes. I am so glad we made this happen. Thank it would have been you. great a year ago, but to be able to yes, come back so and have the victory story is so, so satisfying. And as always, can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks.